Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 41 Antonora Part 1 Year 10 to 25 B.T.W. Before the Wizard Ugolio was born in the city of Antonora. He was raised in the city of his birth. He died in the city of Ildayed, along with his wife and children, sons Genoa and Luca, as well as his daughter, Meloria. His story is one of hatred, one of sadness, and ultimately one of tragedy, perhaps too bold even for the pages of this already sordid novel. Ugolio was the commander of the army under the reign of King Lorenz and Lady Quinneth. As their top advisor, he was not only tasked with keeping the city safe from intruders, but also with collecting taxes and upholding the law within the confines of the city and the empire. Ugolio took the news of the passing of King Lorenz and Lady Quinneth particularly hard. He always carried with him a sense of privilege, a sense of dominance over the city. He was nearly the king himself on more than one occasion. That would change once Lothor and his little coven came into power. Ugolio, said Lothor, as he sat in the former king's throne, beside Ozma and her mothers. Vel, Ifel, and Devorin stood beside her, and Gracia behind them all. You have served this empire well, but it is time... We do away with the military. Excuse me? asked Dugolio in disbelief. Do away with the military? He stood tall in a suit of light, highly decorative armor. It clanked as he moved and fidgeted. His face was smooth, with a boyish charm that twinkled in his eyes. His hair was long and blonde, perfectly cut and trimmed. He had never seen battle before, and it showed. It seems to us, said Lothor, as he looked to his side at his adopted daughters, that we do not really need a military. Over half the population in Oz is of munchkin blood. They cannot very well overtake the empire. 
Anyone else is too scattered throughout the land to organize any kind of real attack. And should one actually happen, the Empire's former soldiers have been trained well enough that they will serve as a fine defense, even without rigid organization or your leadership. Ugolio scoffed at the idea. <laughs> Come on, you really think they will stand for this? You really think that they will remain faithful to this new empire? Where will they go? Most of them know only Antonora. Maybe the surrounding villages. They have lives here. Families, even. Homes. Do you really think they would simply uproot themselves to live in munchkin villages? Or wander the wastelands and mountains? Sure, we may lose a few, but we will retain a healthy amount of them. Ugolio looked at Ozma. You can't let him do this. I have served your father for decades. Your loving father. It was not his choice to hand you over to this. This creature. Bite your tongue, said Ozma sternly. I will not hold my words back for this kind of treachery, said Ugolio. His eyes locked with Gracia standing in the back, behind her sisters. Has he brainwashed you as well? Has this man taken from you your soul as well? I've had enough of this, said Lothor. I have done nothing but show these children kindness since the day their mother abandoned them. Ugolio looked back to Ozma. Do not do this. Lothor is not your ally. Do you realize the weight of your words? said Lothor. The weight of your wild accusations. Brainwashing? Ozma asked. What you have implied, said Vel, is punishable by death, continued Ifel. But since you have been so loyal, said Lothor, to this empire and the former king, we will spare your life. We will not spare you exile, however. Three former soldiers approached the now statuesque Ugolio. Begrudgingly, he accepted his fate. He removed his armor himself, dropping the silver plates to the ground piece by piece, never looking away from Ozma. Ugolio lived for the next fifteen years outside the Empire at the bottom of a large canyon. He ventured to the top on occasion to look down at his former home. 
He even ventured into the city itself every once in a while, which was easily a day's walk away, to steal new clothing when his old clothes became tattered and unwearable. He lived off the land, hunting and gathering most of his food and supplies for himself. Upon returning to his small tent at the bottom of the canyon one day, Ugolio found a visitor. A tall man with a sharp suit, unlike anything anyone in Oz would ever wear. He had a perfectly tended haircut that was not completely slicked back to the point that it was tight against his skull, but instead slicked back enough to give it some life and keep it out of his otherwise strangely triangular face. Who are you? asked Ugolio cautiously as he eyed the man standing beside his tent. My name is Joseph, replied the man. Joseph Smith. An awkward silence fell between the two of them for a moment. What are you doing here? asked Ugolio. His body still tensed, his hands balled into tight, white-knuckled fists. I'm in search of someone, said Joseph, as he peered into Ogolio's living quarters. However, I think it's safe to assume you are not who I'm looking for. Who are you looking for? A man and his four daughters, replied Joseph. Ugolio knew exactly who he was talking about. I'm told they live in a city beyond this canyon. And, uh, Nora? continued Joseph. Perhaps you could provide me with directions. I could provide you with some advice, said Ugolio. Turn around. Go back to wherever it is you came from. There is nothing but lies and shame left in the city of Antonora. Joseph smiled a little at the strange man living at the bottom of a canyon. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to go back to where I came from. Unfortunately, though, that is exactly what I'm trying to do. You see, I come from a place far away from Oz. I'm told this man and his children may be able to help get me back home. Stepchildren, said Ugolio. Pardon me? Lothor's children are not his flesh and blood. They are his stepchildren. And they will likely not help you. Oh, and why is that? Lothor is not the helpful type. And though his four stepdaughters rule the land, they do not do anything without his approval. Is that so? Well, the youngest one, the fifth daughter, Gracia, would be most likely to want to help you. But she is not like her sisters, and will not likely be able to help you. Gracia, asked Joseph, 
thoroughly captivated, and now sitting before the storyteller, who had still yet to introduce himself. She does not have the magic powers of her sisters and their guardian. Interesting. You are quite a knowledgeable man, Mr. Uh, my name is Ugolio. Yes, you are quite knowledgeable indeed, Ugolio. I'd better be. I served their father and whore mother for the better part of my life. Well, in that case, perhaps you can help me more than you think. Joseph dragged a battered and beaten Ugolio into the center of the city of Antonora. A large crowd quickly formed around them, ooing and awing in disbelief. Most of them thought he died long ago. Sightings of him were not uncommon for a while after his exile, though no one had seen hide nor hair of him in the last five or six years. I found this man, said Joseph, looking into the crowd, lurking about your city, stealing your food and your clothing. I captured him, and he begged me to let him go. He told me that he was not welcome here, and that he would never return. But I know better than that. I know that if you let a thief go, he only becomes someone else's problem, perhaps even my own at some point or another. He gave Ugolio a kick. Ugolio looked up at him and sneered. Joseph only smiled and shrugged. I would like to turn him over to the proper authorities. City guards? A king, maybe? There is no king here, came a gruff voice from within the crowd. <laughs> no king? Well, who can I report this crime to, then? Me, came a soft, feminine voice from the crowd. Everyone moved out of the way as a beautiful young woman stepped forward. She stood proud and tall. Her hair was black, with light, wavy curls, and fell a few inches below her shoulders. She wore a beautiful green dress that did plenty to accentuate her curves, a look that enamored Joseph instantly. With her piercing green eyes, she looked into those of her visitor. Why have you brought this man into my city? 